Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the ACC Now podcast. I'm Steve Wiseman, the News and Observer's Duke beat writer, and along here with C.L. Brown, the Carolina beat writer. C.L., how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening, good people of the Triangle and beyond. (laughs) (laughs) We very much appreciate that. As we are getting now here, uh, three weeks, we're taping this on Monday, the 14th, Valentine's Day. Three weeks from tomorrow, we'll all be gathered in Brooklyn for the first day of the ACC tournament. Um, We are getting down to the end here. Duke's up near the top of the standings. Uh, Carolina's not that far behind. They're a game and a half behind the Blue Devils. There's a big bunch of teams, a bunch there at the top, Notre Dame, Miami. Virginia's getting back into it. So uh, a race here to to the finish. Duke's looking for their first first place finish, uh, regular season title, if you will, since 2010. Uh, I know they desperately want to get that in Coach K's last season. That is something that's been talked about. They want to get as many banners as they can, and this would be one of them. So uh, we can start t- talking about that first, CL. Um, you know, uh, um, what did you – the last time you and I were on was before the Duke-Carolina game. Yeah. So now you've seen the Blue Devils in person. Uh, I see them every time they play. So just I'm curious what your thoughts are for what you saw in that game and as you've seen them going forward about their chances to kind of, you know, finish this off and finish in first place. Yeah, it's funny. Just that snapshot, you wouldn't think that Paolo Bancaro is is that dude. <laughs> you know, just the, the Carolina game because Leaky Black took him out of his game, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let me let me take a side <laughs> road right quick on what I what infuriates me about this generation compared to. You know, I and I, I know this is my old man on the hill. I mean, <laughs> old man, get off my lawn. Uh, Yell, rant, yelling but. in the cloud, yeah. <laughs> six, six, okay, six. so Ben Carroll has like at least two inches and 50 pounds on Leaky Black. He should have been planted on a block <laughs> <laughs> right under the basket, and Duke's guys should have fed him the ball, period, point blank, and let him – go to work in that way but a couple of times when he would post up they either didn't get him the ball initially because black is good you know positioning wise so he yeah. didn't make it easy you could just lob it in there but i i'm pretty sure <laughs> that a guy as big as ben Carroll is can, can eventually win that positioning battle and you got to get him the ball but i think players and this isn't this definitely isn't uh, just a Duke problem. It's I see it everywhere in college basketball. No one can make an entry pass anymore. And I, it, it is infuriating to me. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Because that's but, where the high percentage shots can come from, right? I mean, it's not jump exactly, shots. Exactly. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants those shots anymore. That's, that's, that's uh rant's over. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me transition. It's a good point. Um, if you, I, on that, on that point, Coach K said it after the Virginia game that Paulo needs to shoot more. And that's mm. why they, you know, he didn't put the blame at Paulo's feet at the loss, but his point was uh, he needs to be the guy. And yeah. whether it's posted up and like making them throw him the ball, you know, maybe that's it. And, and uh, you know, it sounds like a knock on Paulo, I guess, but I mean, he is assertive. I mean, he does have the numbers. I mean, he's, he's had moments when he's been assertive, but there are times when he's not been as assertive. There are times when, at the end of the game against Florida State, Wendell Moore was taking the shot, right? And yeah. I would think you'd want Paulo, and that's not a knock on Wendell, but Paulo's a 
going to be a lottery pick, right? So that's that's yeah. what you want. So um, I, again, that goes. If that is that me, you know, shaking my fist into the cloud, old man. <laughs> uh, you know, be Jabbar. I want the ball. You know, be Magic Johnson. Uh, but anyway, that's that's where well, they the are. The second part of that coin, the second side to that coin, is AJ Griffin. To me, if if he would have been healthy from day one, I think we could be we might be talking about him as being the guy for Duke. Because uh, that kid is just he is just talented <laughs> and he is he is a matchup problem. Um, yeah. and, and it seems like he's, you know, what is he almost shooting 50 percent from three yeah. right now? I mean, he's he's and he's strong, too. Like, it's not like he's he's a guy you can just, you know, physically take out of his game. So um, I, I, I'm very impressed by what he's doing right now for Duke. And uh, I mean. They should <laughs> probably knock on wood for Duke. They should <laughs> get this uh, regular season title, their first since, what, 2010? Mm-hmm. Which which is mind-boggling when you think of some of the teams they've had come through there, and they still haven't gotten a regular season title um, in over a decade now. But, I, I mean, I think everything shapes up for them, you know, Um uh, the Virginia game at Virginia will be tough. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I mean, I think Wake Forest, you know, yes. um, even though it's in Cameron, I think Wake, Wake could give them a tough game. And uh, I think that Syracuse game on the road could be tricky. Although Syracuse without Jesse Edwards, you know, uh, I don't know if I'm as high on them actually having made a turnaround as, as maybe I would have been. That does make a difference. And, yeah. and Duke Duke beat them pretty handily in Cameron. So the players, you're going to have the human nature effect. The players go to that game and think, oh, they got it, but uh, which could make it tough on the road. But I think the fact they don't have Jesse Edwards uh, is is a problem for Syracuse. Yeah. The, the I, let me let me. I also think that Carolina game will be tough. You know, yeah, um, a lot of emotions. Winning by twenty, notwithstanding. Yeah, I mean yeah. that could work against them as well as it could work for them with with everything that's going to be all the hype that's going to be surrounding that game so no no doubt uh you know you mentioned the wake forest game and again we're taping this on on monday and so that game's tomorrow night on tuesday night cameron and you know i think that's a that looms as as a big one you know duke's already lost two home games in conference play uh to miami and virginia and so and they beat talk about human nature again they beat wake by 12 over there yeah, if they come into that thinking, okay, we got this. I mean, Wake's got some toughness. I know they just dropped one to Miami; they didn't want to drop. But um, Alondis Williams brings some in- intensity and uh, and and as well as points, assists, and everything else. But uh, that team is is tough minded. I think they're going to come in here and give Duke a really tough game. So um, yeah, they've got some work to do yet. Six games left: three at home, three on the road. Um, and then we're done. Then we go to Brooklyn. And, uh, uh, as far as, as far as Duke goes, um, you know, Carolina had a, a very impressive win on Saturday against Florida state. I know Florida state, and <laughs> I'm going to wear this one. I'm the one that a few weeks ago said, I think Florida state's going to turn it back around. They're going to challenge Duke for the championship. And- I, I was with you. <laughs> I was right <laughs> beside you on that. <laughs> I didn't know they were going to lose half the roster. Yeah. Neither did you, yeah. right? Yeah, um, there. What did you think of that of that uh, performance? Well, I mean, it it's it kind of just continues the pattern of what we've seen from this team when they when they play well when they're sharing the ball, 
they they can look really good and when they're making shots and and obviously they uh had 12 three-pointers six of which came from Caleb Love and he finally got out of his slump he basically was on an eight game shooting slump where he was shooting 27% from the field but he got out of that really fast i think he made five of his first six threes um against Florida State uh the 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 turnovers with Caleb is still kind of an issue he had four that game and i'm pretty sure he had four in the previous ones too so uh but but they can look that good (laughs) you know but it still just comes down to i think for this team the the big game before the big game regular season finale in cameron uh they got to win at virginia tech that's sitting out there right now dangling as a quad one win possibly um they're back to not having one. They they had it for like 48 hours when, <laughs> when Michigan beat Purdue, but then yeah. Michigan lost at home to Ohio State. So they fell back out of, of the top 30 in net, um, which which is what they'd have to finish for Carolina to get that as a quad one win. They'll have plenty of opportunities. So they got like, I think it was six of the last seven games that, uh, um, on their schedule are all quad one opponents. There you so, go. Um, yeah, they can get their way back in there. And uh, you got a lot of Carolina Wolverines <laughs> now, <laughs> but um, I think I think it's interesting though what what Hubert is doing with the bench um, with with both Dawson Garcia and uh, Anthony Harris no longer available. Um, we we saw Dontres Styles get his the most playing time he's had this season, which yeah. was 16 minutes. He had eight points, and I think he's someone who can help them a lot. I mean, he's he's probably uh, one of the most athletic uh, one of the most athletic players they have on their squad um and uh and he's he's a wild card because right now i mean no team really has a, a scouting report on him because he hadn't played enough to really right. dissect what his favorite tendencies <laughs> are and that kind of stuff so uh I, I think he he's a possible help and really kerwin walton his last two games he had seven against clemson he had nine against florida state and they need him to be that version of Kerwin Walton because he can he's he's such a nice kid. He can disappear. He's not somebody who's going to yell for the ball or, or you know, um, uh, kind of be combustible in a huddle if he's not getting a shot or anything. He, he's kind of uh, easygoing, you know, and and he can just be out there playing and not actually assert himself into the game. And so to see him come out aggressive against both Clemson and, and Florida state is a good sign for Carolina going forward. It seems like, uh, and maybe behind the scenes, they knew this already, but since they made the decision with, with Garcia, that he wasn't going to play again this year, they went ahead and made it public. They can move on and styles gets in there and plays and, and all that. Right. I mean, it's, uh, uh, they may, you know, in the end be better off having to go ahead and, Rip the bandaid off and say that's it. Now we know what we know. We're not waiting on him to come back. We have this group. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what we can do with this group. Yeah, and uh, it it it's still they still have have to prove themselves. But I, I think and Baker basically still has to stay out of foul trouble because <laughs> mm-hmm. they're you know they're so thin in the front court without Garcia now. But um, at some point, inevitably in every game, they they go small with just manic or bay cut in the in the lineup and somebody's got to do something from off the bench they they really need 
Um, you know, whether it's Walton, Puff Johnson, Justin McCoy, uh, or Styles, they really need somebody to to be a consistent lift from off the bench, which is what they had earlier in the year when, you know, at first it was Brady Manick coming off the bench and, you know, providing an offensive spark. And then um, when he replaced Garcia in the starting lineup when Garcia had the concussions, uh, then, you know, for a couple of games there, it was Garcia coming off the bench, but it was, it was somebody you thought you could depend on, you know, uh, who could obviously easily be starting and you would get this from that person off the bench. But right now they don't have anybody who you just look at like, okay, every game they're going to give you this from off the bench and right. they, they need one of those guys to establish that. Now that reminds me of what's going on with Duke with Trevor Keels. Because he was a starter the first 17, then he gets hurt, misses three games. He's come off the bench all five games since his return. And um, you'd think, oh, you pop him back in the lineup and put Jeremy Roach coming back off the bench. Well, Keels, like this at Clemson, and I can give you, you know, boom, 20 points, 27 points if he's hitting his shots right. And that's a big weapon off the bench. I mean, um, and, and Roach is a solid player, he's a good defender, good distributor. He's not a big volume scorer. He'll never be that. That's not his job. Not what his is not what his role will be. So you go ahead and start him, and then you kind of get the game going. Then you pop in Keels, and it changes the whole the whole dynamic of the game. So um, you know, and again, I'm saying this. Maybe tomorrow night Keels will start. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> right now it's working. It's working really well. Uh, the Virginia game aside, uh, so it's nice to have that that solid weapon off the bench. They got Theo John. To back up Mark Williams, they just kind of share those those you know forty minutes, twenty apiece, just about. Um, and then they're using Joey Baker some, and Bates Jones actually is getting regular minutes in the first half of games now. Um, uh, he's you know smart player, came from Davidson, experienced all that, so they've actually got more of a bench than Duke normally does, which is yeah. you know going to be a good thing come March. Yeah. So speaking of March and and going to Brooklyn for the ACC tournament. Um, what are the wild cards you see that could come out of that tournament? Um, you know, Notre Dame and Miami both need to do well there to get to shore up bids. I mean, I, at, yeah. at this point, they still have some. They probably season. say Carolina too, and I think they're too. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I think you're right. Although you just kind of laid out, they've got some quad one opportunities here down the stretch, right? So, um. They can they can get some of that done in the regular season and, and clean that up. But yeah, I mean, they, to shore it up for sure, you know, they're going to do that. You know, what will um, you know Florida State? I think they're they're so decimated, it's going to be hard for them to do anything special. Uh, yeah. Clemson, kind of the same way, haven't lost Hunter Tyson. Um, you know, I wonder what what Louisville will do there. Maybe they'll be kind of a wild card. You know, coming in there with nothing to lose, right? They're yeah, yeah, nothing to lose, and, and they're not. Uh, you know, I don't think they're playing bad. They don't think no. they're playing poorly, even though they they're losing games right now. Um, you know, they're they're still they've still got a lot of fight left for a team that you know had their coach quit on them basically uh, in the middle of the season. So, and and have also dealt with Malik Williams as a captain, you know, being suspended and coming back in that kind of kind of dynamic, but. Um, yeah, they're still fighting. The other one I should have mentioned, I, I thought of is Virginia Tech. Mm. So all year long, they have been, you know, they were predicted to finish in the top four, top five. They would got to a horrible start. 
but the metrics love Virginia Tech, right? All the analytics. I, yeah, it's crazy <laughs> to me. It's it's absolutely crazy to me. They're, so are they going to play up to the, what they have, Pelly? Right? You know, they could do that. Uh, yeah, maybe at some point. I mean, they they you know they've got a five game winning streak right now. Um, uh, going into Monday night's game against Virginia, right at home. I think you know by the time this podcast at airs <laughs> we might have a different opinion on, on whether virginia tech is for real or not or might be solidified right um but yeah they I, I felt like you know we always make assumptions going into a year of okay t- this team has certain players back like virginia tech had kivi aluma who was coming mm-hmm. back who basically is you know a star level kind of talent right them and then there are assumptions made about how how certain people might plug into the lineup, like with Storm Murphy, um, you know, being this sharpshooter from Wofford who was going to come in. I, I don't know. I, I think we probably overestimated a little bit about Virginia Tech on how how seamless that transition would be for for guys like him um, to come in and, and fill a role and help them help them kind of get over the hump, so to speak. But it, it it hadn't always played out like that this this year. It hasn't. And uh, the other team that's playing on Monday night, which again, by the time this airs, the result will be done, is Virginia, who has you know looked dead in the water as far as their NCAA hopes. And they're on a rush now, you know, including yeah. that win at Duke. And, you know, Kihei Clark uh, is kind of the last piece left from any, you know, really good Virginia teams. And, and he shows it. I'll tell you what impressed me about him was, the toughness he shows, the little plays he makes, like, you know, at the end of that game with Duke, Virginia missed a shot. Theo John gets a rebound with seven seconds left. The- Kihei Clark ties him up, yeah, right? Yep. He's got a foot, you know, a foot taller and 50 pounds heavier and stronger. <laughs> and Kihei Clark forces the, the held ball. That Virginia has the arrow. The game. Yeah. And they get they get the chance. They win the game on a respeakman shot. So, um, you know, they got a couple of triangle guys here, you know, uh, Jalen Gardner. Former ECU, the transfer, and yeah. uh, and Shedrick uh, from Holly Springs, um, who is uh, they're coming on. They they they've they've kind of weathered the bad part of the season. Now they've come out the other end, and um, again we'll see uh, as this goes forward here. But they look like they're they're kind of getting it together. And you know if uh, if they play like they did against Duke, then they'll they'll do some damage in Brooklyn. It actually reminds me of the the team from twenty twenty. You know, that obviously didn't get to play an NCAA tournament, but at, at one point they were four and four in the league and they closed out winning 11 of their last 12. Like it, it was, they, they took a lot of lumps early on that year. Um, but then they just kind of everything gelled, they came together and it, it feels like that's going on right now in Charlottesville too, that they, they're finally uh, all on the same page and, and they've got their traction. It's the kind of thing, you know, Coach K talks about, you know, that's a program. It's not a team. It's a program. And yeah. and that's what, uh, like, Virginia's doing now. They've, You know, Tony Bennett, obviously, he's won a championship. He has a program now. And so even when they look like they're down, there's still some elements of of greatness they know how to how to cling on to and, and produce. And so now they're doing that. And speaking of Coach K, as we come down to the end of his time here, at, uh, three home games left at Cameron, and that'll be it. Um you know he's making he's 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 talking a lot now about the future of the ACC basketball that he won't be part of, and he again today on Monday admitted I'm not going to be part of it. But 
So don't think he's going to change his mind. It's not going to happen. But, um, <laughs> you know, there are some things he wants the, the league to do to keep basketball at the forefront. And the commissioner, Jim Phillips, uh, has said that, you know, football is what we need to be thinking about 365, 24-7, because that's where the money is for the league. That, and it's understandable. There's no doubt about that. ACC football needs to get better. But Krzyzewski doesn't want to see it happen at the expense of basketball, which is what yeah. the league is known for. So that's that's kind of a um, a tough needle to thread. But uh, I think it needs, you know, uh, I see where he's coming from with that because basketball is what the league's known for. And forever, it was the the, one, the only thing everybody talked about at the ACC was basketball, the basketball tournament. How are we going to make money yeah. off that? Um, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about what, what do you think um, – what are some of the things the ACC should do if, to, to follow up on what he wants to have happen? What, is, what are some of the, your thoughts, I guess, as, as we get ready for beyond yeah. you know, Coach I, K? I, I, I don't know that there's a, an easy answer, um, or at least from my perspective, certainly from, from Coach K, he probably could pop off a few <laughs> things uh, off the top of his head. But one thing that I feel like looking at this year as a whole um, – you know, the, the league didn't win as many marquee non-conference matchups as, as we generally are used to seeing them win. But I also feel like uh, teams didn't necessarily put themselves out there to play a lot of those games. Um, and, and I'll give Wake Forest as an example of, of early on, they had more quad four wins. I think at the time it, they were seven and zero at four in quad four. They're nine and zero now, um, and you know it it helped them get off to this great start. It certainly helped because they had so many transfers or whatever moving parts that Steve Ford was trying to piece together. But what does that do for the league as a whole? You know, so I, I kind of feel like maybe the league needs to make um, make it mandatory, have a mandatory amount of, of, you know, power five or power conference teams. I include, uh, the big East as a power five, as, as a, as a power conference. Power, yeah. Yeah. Basketball exactly. league. Yes. Um, yeah, maybe have a certain amount of games that they have to play, you know, uh, in that category, just to kind of make sure the ACC is always going to be uh, always going to have some marquee matchups, always going to be, you know, um, in the national light in terms, as far as that goes. Um, but I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I, I think that might be a little, a little something to help, but I, I don't yeah. know in terms of one big major thing that, that would be kind of the answer. Well, one thing, speaking of scheduling, you know, this year, and last year, Duke did not play in a, you know, a typical multi-team event. Uh, they had oh, their own. Yeah. They had their own yeah. at Cameron. And normally they go to Maui or go to Atlantis, and they decided to do that this year. Now they played Gonzaga in the kind of the one-off game in Vegas, and they always have the Champions Classic and then the Big Ten. So you, you get Big Ten ACC, so you get three, you know, quality games there, but that's pretty much it. And, um, yeah. you know, like in football, go back to football again, a couple of years ago, three or four years ago now, Swafford and them uh, said, you know, you had to hit play at least one Power Five conference in non-conference play uh, on your on your non-conference. You have your four non-conference games. You couldn't play, you know, three Sun Belt teams or whatever, or three FCS teams. So 
they, there's a history. I'm starting to say there's history doing this. You can say, yeah. all right, this is what we need to make our product better. And I think also what's going to happen here, and the alliance is going to play a role in this, uh, the, the Big Ten, oh, yeah. Pac-12. Yeah. I think that, you know, they're talking about putting together some kind of event. You know, the ACC and the Big Ten already have something. So you get the Pac-12 involved. Then the Big Ten and the Pac-12, so they'll all, all do different. Maybe it'll happen in the middle of January, you know, like the SEC and the Big 12, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, that might solve some of what you're talking about there. But, you know, I do know it, it's all about, um, and I heard, you know, Coach K, beyond what he said uh, on the press conference with us today, but he had a uh, his basketball beyond show on Sirius XM. He had Ed Cooley from uh, Providence last week and he talked about how boy in the big east they don't have football right he said you guys talk about basketball think about basketball every day around the clock uh you know what's that like how great is that you know basically saying we don't do that in the acc anymore <laughs> and so that's his big worry he was it was fascinating hearing talk to him about that about how all they're talking about is how to make their basketball product better I'm, I think I'm going to be fascinated by what Coach K does after he retires, because obviously he could he could be uh, he could swing a very big sword. Yes, <laughs> for for the ACC for college basketball in general on on a national level if he chooses to. But um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> it's I think be interesting. I think he'll want to, and I think he'll take his shots at that. I think in in more national too because. You know, he thinks now he he's kind of c- constrained in what he can do because everybody thinks, oh, you're just trying to help Duke, right? Oh, yeah. And and that yeah, might still sure. be the case when he's not coaching anymore. It, obviously, that'll be some some people will think that, yeah. but if he doesn't have that mantle of Duke coach anymore, and he's not co- recruiting players, he will have more freedom yeah. to go to Indianapolis and talk about things and 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 be that voice in the room that says we need to do this for basketball. Why aren't we doing it? And make them tell him no, you know that kind of thing. So yeah, 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 that would be sure. good. Maybe what, what do you think about? <laughs> um, you mentioned this when we were talking off the air, but what do you think about uh, where the tournament is placed? And and in regards to, you know, the the biggies, you know, alums that are in the ACC <laughs> now, they're not. Notre Dame is having a good year, but by and large, they're not kind of carrying their weight here. And they haven't for a while, Um, right? Syracuse, since they joined the league, uh, take away their NCAA tournament runs that they've had with mediocre teams in the regular season that just happen to play well, you know, come March. But, you know, they haven't been the kind of dominating Syracuse teams that we've seen in the past. Um, Top 10 teams, you know with a lot of talent. Like we, we, I think we need that. Boston college hasn't been good since, since they forced Al Skinner out. Yeah. Yeah. Curse of Skinner. (laughs) Uh, I I do think Earl Grant is going to do a good job there. I do believe that. I like him. He should get them back. But I mean, you, you talk about programs that, that need to start carrying some weight, you know, Um, Pittsburgh, somebody's got to do something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when Pitt was really good uh, and in the Big East, they could go into New York City and recruit those kids saying, you know, we're playing the tournament here every March, yeah, you know. It's, yeah. And I think that pipeline's kind of dried up because it's not it's not there anymore. You know, yeah. you kind of lost that edge. And, and Syracuse obviously can still recruit New York City, but, 
uh, again, you're not seeing them in person all the time. Your family's not going to guarantee to be part of that huge week of the Big East tournament, which is a huge event. You know, as much as New York City swallows things up and makes them dis- makes them small, the Big East tournament did not get swallowed up in that city. It was it's a big yeah. deal uh, yeah. every year. So I don't know if, if that's and that that's what the commissioner and and you know the league presidents are are wrestling with right now. Do we go? You know, always have it in the Northeast all the time. I don't think they could do that. I think you have to have move it around a little bit. But um, or do you you, know, you have to keep Charlotte and Greensboro on the rotation or Atlanta or whatever, and and have it down here closer to the base of the majority of the teams uh, for that. But it's all about now you know with kids and we talk about yelling at the cloud and everything. But it's all about the buzz and about the impact and about that kind of thing, right? So. Uh, you know, being and they're not even then now when it's in New York, it's not the garden, it's at Barclays, yeah. which is yeah. a fine arena, but you don't get the pop you get at the garden, do you? Yeah, so. yeah, something about <laughs> MSG, <laughs> but they're they're gonna have to do something. The, the one thing though, with, with any brand in any industry, you can't get away from the core of what made you this big brand to begin with, so you know, like. McDonald's can never get away from hamburgers and fries. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You can have frappes, but you better do the burgers and fries right. Yes. <laughs> I know football is important, but basketball is what made the ACC. It, it's what made the ACC and, and continues to be the strength of, of the league um, <laughs> this year, notwithstanding. But <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're going to have to do something to, to get it back where it's supposed to be. Absolutely. Well, they've got time to make this year uh, still uh, memorable. It's obviously going to be memorable with Coach K's finish to his career. But, um, you know, as we get down the stretch here, I think right now there's maybe five ACC teams uh, looking at, at bids as far as their projections and stuff. So there's time for that. And uh, as we get, again, we're three weeks from Brooklyn, and, and that's where it's all going to happen. It's all going to get wrapped up. So um, we'll monitor it here. You can follow all of our coverage at newsobserver.com. Follow me on Twitter, Steve Wiseman at Steve Wiseman NC. CL, yours is at CL Hoops, correct? CL Brown Hoops. CL yes. Brown Hoops, yes. Yes, CL Brown Hoops. So uh, again, thanks everybody for listening to our podcast. Uh, we'll uh, continue to roll these out as we get down here toward the end of the regular season, and we'll see where Marsh takes us. CL, thanks again for being on.